We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Even today, it is uncommon to come across serial rapists and killers who are partners, feeding off of each other's heinous wants and desires. The violent raping spree that John Duffy and David Mulcahy, better known as the Railway Rapists, carried out in the late 1980s that ultimately resulted in the deaths of three people was made all the more chilling by this unusual pairing of two twisted psyches that stimulated and encouraged one another toward sadistic actions. It took 10 years after Duffy's arrest for the truth to come to light, which adds another twist to the terrible tale of the deadly lifelong friends who attacked many victims around railway stations. As a result of the pair's attacks, which included up to 40 brutal rapes and three merciless killings, the first scientific offender profiling was conducted in an effort to find the killers, while, sadly, DNA technology was still years away from being able to identify the maniacs before they had destroyed so many lives. This is the case of John Duffy and David Mulcahy, also known as the Railway Rapists. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Horror House. I'm Dom. And I'm Amy. And we are so very glad that you have decided to join us for this week's episode, um, especially if you're still here after hearing that introduction. I don't blame you if, you if you've just up and left at this point and I'm just <laughs> speaking into the void. Um, Can I go? Am I allowed to go? But or? we also want to take... <laughs> I'll take I'll take the reins on this one. It's fine. <laughs> you can you can move the slot uh, for Evil Dead Rises to a to an earlier earlier screen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and we also want to take this uh, time to remind you that you're a awesome human being who is kicking ass, taking names. You're uh, a beautiful person inside and out, and don't let anyone tell you any different. You're killing it. We love you. We're glad that you're here. And we're glad that you have decided to listen to us this week. Amy, how are you doing today? I'm very good. I am in a little bit of pain because I've just spent the last five or six hours being tattooed. But other than that, I'm good. Tattoo? Yeah, it was fun, but painful. <laughs> the beauty of tattoos. At the time, you're like, man, why am I doing this? And at the end, you're like, you know what? This fucking, this, this is kick-ass. Let's go and get stabbed by more needles very, very soon. Yeah, I literally booked the next one on my way out of the door, so. I mean, that's the only way. That is the only way. If you don't book another tattoo before you leave the studio, then what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Exactly. Exactly that. I find that a exactly. month is just about long enough to forget the pain before you can move on to the next one. So um, I'm going for monthly at the net just to you know, keep them topped up. Monthly is a good sort of frequency uh, of getting tattoos um i've got a tattoo booked for the 26th of may speaking of tattoos mine's on the 27th how exciting oh, oh sound uh i am gonna get a big old grim reaper on the back of my hand so nice. mum i i'm gonna be prepared for the disownment it's fine you i won't be take prepared it. my mum my and dad were not happy about I'm, the job I'm... stuff is 
I want to get some finger tattoos as well. And I told John, who's doing my Grim Reaper, I was like, if we've got time at the end, can we do a little finger tattoo? And he was like, if if I'm not too busy, then yeah, we can get a finger tattoo in as well afterwards. But yes. It's painful. Oh, but it it's worth the pain. It's fine. If I can have near my armpit done, I can I can sit through a, a finger tattoo. I'm yeah, sure. I've had inner elbow done today and that wasn't particularly fun. But yes, tattoos are on the way. Maybe we should think exciting. about horror house tattoos and get the logo done. I was thinking about a horror house tattoo. My old manager at Super Dry was like, you should get a, a horror house tattoo. And I've just, I've been going back and forth about it. I probably will have it done at some point. I go between, that would be fucking rad. And then also I'm like, would that be a little bit cringy also? But then again, Wait, I don't think it'd be cringy at all. I think it makes own, perfect it, sense. Yeah, it, 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 I'm sure it will be done at some point. I don't know where I would get it placed though. Forehead. I was thinking, should I just get it stamped on my forehead? Yeah, that's the on, only like, thing the that side makes of sense. My face. Yeah, I might get stay spooky, right. just put across my forehead. That, that actually sounds kind of rad. I'm not going to lie. I know, right? I, I it does sound good. Like, just along the sounds, hairline here. That sounds kind of kind of rad. Yeah. I always said I wouldn't get a face tattoo because then, then my then parents would be really disappointed. But I think they'll make an exception for this. Yeah, it's it's our show at the end of the day, so they can. I'm sure that can be the exception. You could you could have stay spooky tattooed on your forehead, and then you can dye your eyebrows, even though dye my eyebrows. Even though everyone told me not to. That's not not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not very good at doing things that people tell me not to do. So yeah. maybe if I get a face tattoo and dye my eyebrows at the same time, it'll be like. A bit more numb it won't be so much of a shock no one will care about the eyebrows because i've already got a tattoo on my forehead that'll work that's it stay, stay spooky will distract from the uh from the eyebrows from the lack of eyebrows <laughs> i do maybe think stay spooky would be like the, uh, the tramp stamp it would because the horror house so logo wouldn't really work as a tramp stamp would it no but i can see that being like maybe at like the top of the neck like the top of your spine maybe there oh no yeah or sort of like yeah. a neck, maybe a neck, a neck piece, nice neck tattoo. I've been wondering what to put on my neck, so maybe that could be it. And like, we'll figure it out. <clears throat> we'll figure it out. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to the Horror House Instagram because the hosts might be getting might be getting Horror House tattoos at some point. Are they going to match? And then we this could do the question. Like, surely they would probably have to, right? I mean, you could get horror and I could get house. Or I could that get horror and you could get house. They would be like, why have you got house tattooed on you? And you're just like, you know, there's actually... A genuine reason. This isn't just me getting house <laughs> randomly tattooed on me. There is a genuine reason why I've got house yeah. tattooed on me. It just doesn't make sense on its own. Like Jedward. No. You can only they only make yeah, sense exactly. together. Yeah. Oh my god, can you imagine? Someone gets matching Jedward tattoos and one of them gets wood tattooed on him. Oh, how have we gone up <laughs> we've managed this tangent somehow again. It's great. <laughs> and the candles are out um, You need to relight that bitch. Okay. Raven's oak candle. Little shout out. Have you been on their website, Dom? It's very good. We love a plug. Give you a little discount yeah. code. Very nice candles. I, I did look on their website not too long ago, actually. And I was like, that looks that looks really cool. I did some little retail therapy today, actually, because it is payday today. So I treated myself to a new t-shirt and uh, a necklace from a website called Black Feather Design. Very nice. They do like alternative sort of macabre influence jewelry. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get myself a Raven's Wing pendant. And I did. There you go. You get a raven's wing pendant and a raven's oak candle. Perfect. There you go. Ravens everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Are you ready to delve into the case of the railway rapists? Obviously, it's a little bit before our time, so I don't know. I know that you're what, when was it? The eighties. I don't know, like middle to late eighties, I think. Well, it's only just before my time then. I was being kind, but yeah, it was just before your time. I'm very sensitive about my age at the moment, considering that tomorrow. Someone's 40, uh, 33 tomorrow. How dare you? How dare you say 43? I am 33. That's so mean. You don't look I got day, asked for ID in Waitrose today, over... so yeah. Well, there you go. You don't look a day over 32. You're a dick. <laughs> you are, no, genuinely, Thanks. you are glowing. Like I, I, Thank you. I genuinely wouldn't have said that you're going to be 33 tomorrow. I'm 32 this year, and I look, I, I do not look a good 31. Um, I think you look so younger than that, but I, I, I definitely feel, I feel my age right now. When I get out of bed in the morning and my knees oh, creak, it. it's like, oh yeah, I'm definitely 33. Yeah, I know about that. The other day I woke up and I, I stood up in bed and like. My, my hip just like decided to die and i was just like okay cool this Thanks. is where we're this brilliant. is good oh, so dear. well um, back to the so case yeah. yes it's a little bit before my time not too much before my time but definitely before i was born um i have heard the names i don't know anything okay so which is odd because okay. i am like the the british half you are us so yeah but yeah i don't yes. know anything about it so i'm I... excited I've been keeping a secret from you listeners. I'm not actually British. I just like to say that I am. <laughs> no, sorry. You know what I mean. We're both British, obviously. Listen to us. But in terms of like yeah. knowledge base, I'm, I tend to be the British half and you tend to be the American. Um, so there are a few trigger warnings. One of them is obviously murder. It is Horror House after all. And the other one, which is obviously a central theme hence the name the railway rapists is rape and there's going to be a lot of talk about rape today right, right? who saw that one coming so Not if me. if hearing about rape for the next however long this episode is hour round an hour uh, isn't going to be your cup of tea totally understand you can always sit this one out go and listen to last week's episode if you haven't listened to it or you can <laughs> Hang on, chill. wait a minute if you're trying to avoid rape because it upsets you, don't listen to last week's episode. You, you might oh, want to shit. go a little yeah, bit no, further don't back. Listen to la- oh, God, yeah. Yeah, God, yeah go listen. a little bit further back. Listen to the Hammersmith ghost episode. Listen to the Hammersmith ghost episode. There's no rape. Yeah, that's a nice one. And it's fun. That's a nice non, non-rapey a, yeah, one. That's a lighter one that we've done. Um, but yes, just be aware that there's going to be a lot of talk of rape and there are going to be murders. Um, so... Amy, are you ready to talk about these two absolute shitbags? I'm assuming you're meaning the railway rapists, not my exes. But yes, I'm ready. I mean, we can talk about those shitbags as well. That can be some bonus. Oh, content. that's going to um, take longer than an episode. <laughs> um, let's dive in to the railway rapists. At Haverstock Secondary School in Chalk Farm, North London, Reclusive student John Duffy would, entirely by chance, discover his equally twisted soulmate, David Malkai. Their bond would grow into something irreplaceable and would later inspire terrible sexual fantasies. A former pupil described Duffy as a loner who kept to himself while while being cruelly tormented by other older um, lads. Duffy would wander around in a duffel jacket with the hood up, keeping himself 
to himself. That hits a little bit too close to home. Obviously, I didn't go out and do what they did, but I was probably classed as a loner in school and kind of kept myself to myself as well. Mm-hmm. I, I was just laughing at Duffy in a duffel, to be honest. Duffy in a duffel. I didn't even pick that up while I was outlining. I'm not going to lie. Duffy in his duffel. Yeah. Duffy. <clears throat> Duffy the Duff Man. Duff Man. Can't breathe. <laughs> I had, I, I'm, yes, I was able to get in a Simpsons reference in this episode. I'm happy. Good success. <laughs> Due to his diminutive size and his acne prone skin, Duffy developed into the stereotypical schoolboy who shied away from social interaction. By happenstance, Duffy met the equally aloof Malkai at school, and they soon discovered that they both had a cruel tendency and enjoyed torturing animals. Okay, that's a trigger warning that I completely forgot about. There is going to be one sort of example of abuse of animals, so just bear that in mind. Bit late Malkai, now, right? <laughs> I mean, I haven't actually said what happens to the animal, so there's still oh, time sorry. for you to like sorry, skip sorry. a little bit forwards. <laughs> Malkai, who psychiatrists have reported uh, to have been the more violent of the two, displayed early signs of his cruelty to animals when, as a young teenager at school, this is like unbelievably fucked. I I don't understand like what goes through your mind to do this. Um, But uh, when he was a young teenager at school, he was discovered inflicting pain on a hedgehog by using it as a cricket ball and battering it so badly that it would die. Like, what the actual fuck is that? I'm pretty sure that's like one of the levels in Sonic. Oh, uh, God. Now I'm just picturing this poor hedgehog just fucking rolling, I mean, rolling through some golden rings. Obviously, it's oh. horrific. That's that's horrible. And I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Why would you even think to like, do that? But why? honestly, the first thing that came into my head was, I'm pretty sure this is a video game. <laughs> this seem, This plot seems familiar. Um, but like you say, why, why do that? Like, mate, go to your PE department and ask for a fucking cricket ball. Don't just pick up a hedgehog and decide, oh no, that will do. Like, what the hell? Wait, is, isn't Alice in Wonderland as well? You know, the bit where the, um, the Queen of Hearts, she has a hedgehog as a, as a cricket ball, old croquet, and they use the flamingos as croquet clubs. I mean, I'm not saying that like. There's this whole thing about how, you know, heavy metal music and video games and horror movies, like, influence serial killers. But no one's looking at fucking Lewis Carroll or, you know, no, the kids' shows. True. Maybe maybe he was just a really big fan of Alice in Wonderland. And he saw that and he was like, no, that seems like a sound sound idea. What could possibly go wrong? But yes, Malkai, uh, what the actual fuck are you doing? Um, and it's also nice to see that you're very much already ticking the this guy is going to be a shit stain on society box. We've got one tick torturing animals. Good. I can't wait for you to tell me he was a bedwetter because it's like standard. (laughs) Well, funny you say that. Um, (laughs) No, I don't think he actually is a bedwetter. This uh, ruthless behavior, lacking compassion for an animal's pain at such a young age, is a quality frequently associated with adult killers who go from killing animals to killing people. Uh, Duffy and Malkai's transfer of their savage intentions from helpless animals to helpless women in this instance proved this idea to be just a little bit too accurate. Before Mucky, uh, Mucky, Mucky, okay, that's not right. Yeah, that's not right. He's, he's not called Mucky. I no. got to page three before okay. I ended up butchering someone's name. 
Um, Wait, what is his name? McClue. McClue. Mulcai, that's not even close to what M- I was McClue? saying. McClue? McClue. <laughs> I got too hung McClue. up on Duffy and the Duffel to worry about the other guy. David McClue. It's a great name. That sounds like some fucking... Oh, uh, that's like, that sounds like a detective on like the Orient Express, like the mystery on the Orient Express. <laughs> detective McClue is on the case. Yeah, he's like really clumsy and he's always dropping stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, when Maokai and Duffy did leave school, they would make a promise, and that was to never grass on one another. Uh, spoiler alert, this ages so, so well. Really well. I feel like you're being sarcastic, Dom. Me? No. No. Never. No. McClue. <laughs> Damn you, McClue. Even if one of them was detained and imprisoned while the other <laughs> remained free, the prophetic uh, promise would be kept in its entirety. Um, so, as the misfit teenagers would become older, they would develop an increased fascination in terrorizing other people. It started with a sneaky game um, in Hampstead Heath, where they would leap out on courting couples and individuals in the middle of the night, enjoying the thrill of frightening people out of their senses now that's i suppose you could look at that as a little bit of harmless teenage fun but, but just imagine like you're trying to impress your date you know maybe maybe you might get to second base maybe things are going really well and then you, and then fuckhead mulcai and belen duffy just jump out of a bush and then scare the shit out of you and then you're just like okay cool that moment has just been entirely ruined yeah that instant guy, right? That's instant softy. You're not getting a boob. You're not getting. You're not cupping a field. Nothing's happening after that. Like it's just ruined the moment completely. Drier than the Sahara nothing. after that, right? That is blue ball central. Blue Isn't ball Hampstead central. Heath where George Michael got caught in the toilets with that man? R.I.P. George Michael. But I have, sure no, I have no idea. I'm not I think it lie. is. It's like quite a well known place that people go to quite public sex not like public sex in the sense that they're being watched but like sex in a public place so i think they probably saw a lot yeah. more than they bargained for quite a few times if that's what they were doing maybe not george michael but you know probably definitely a lot of people no sex was happening while fucking douchebag one and ass hat two were around by the sounds of who's the first dance at <laughs> mcclure I'm just going to have to call him McClue this entire episode. I'm not no, I, I feel like McClue is <laughs> just like this mystery character that we're going to have to just start bringing into cases. Like when we can't explain something, we'll just blame it on McClue. He's just got no relation to the actual case at hand. And we're just like, fucking damn you, McClue. And the listeners yeah. are just like, who the fuck's this McClue? Every episode what? for the past 10 episodes, there's been a McClue. Who is this man? If every time there's like, a sentence where it's like, and the police didn't know who they were letting go. Oh, for God's sake, McClue. <laughs> Any bad police work comes down to McClue. He's the the face of bad policing. Always McClue. <laughs> He's just <Always> terrible. <laughs> um, the alarming antics of the inseparable pair seem to have been put behind them and forgotten after school. Um, in 1977 and 1978, they both got married within a year of one another, and they both started working steady jobs. 
Duffy became a carpenter and worked for a number of companies, including British Rail, uh, Rail where Malkai received training. Uh, while uh, sorry, Malkai received training as a plasterer. Uh, Duffy acquired the knowledge of the rail system necessary to commit violent attacks on women in the area of or close to vacant railway stations. In um, 1982, Duffy and Malkai would commit their first brutal rape as a terror-mongering duo in Kilburn, North London. Uh, a 21-year-old woman who was carrying a teddy bear was making her way home from a party. They would pull her into a garden where she was uh, stripped, blindfolded, and raped while using sticking plasters to muffle her screams. Uh, the victim would recall, uh, quotes, I put my hands up and the taller man said, uh, don't worry, it's a knife. Okay, what's... Oh, that's good. He's got a knife, not a oh, gun. Good. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to stress. Everything's fine. Right, no, nobody panic. I've just got a knife. It's not an issue. Right. Come on, chill out. <laughs> God's not... sake. It's just a why casual you... rape thing. Why are, you... why... why are you stressing? It's just a knife. It's... Well, yeah, because you've got a fucking knife. You absolute, just mad man. What are you doing? She just turns around and goes, I'm not stressing because you've got a knife. I'm stressing because I've just landed on this woman's petunias. <laughs> Not the roses. Oh, no. What's, What's my girl drop? Doris going to do now? <laughs> on January the 20th, 1984, an American social worker who was 32 years old was attacked on Barnes Common. Uh, she was stripped and sexually assaulted by Malkai and Duffy who were nearby decorating Duffy's parents' house. Their fourth victim was a 23-year-old um, who they grabbed at West Hampstead Railway Station and dragged across the tracks uh, on June the 3rd of that year. She told the court, quote, uh, they had a knife and, they, and said they would cut me if I didn't do uh, as I was told. All I could say was, please don't hurt me. So... To further compound the just absolute shitheads that these two people are, they would chuckle as they drove past the distraught woman later in their getaway car, suggesting that they should, quote, give her a ride. Yikes. Wow. That's like, not nice, is it? There's just no remorse, <laughs> is there? Like, if they were going to try and use that Absolutely in court none. and be like, sorry, Your Honor, I was really sorry for what I did, then that's just... So much evidence. Yeah. you fucking weren't, were you? Like you didn't, oh, no, care. You didn't feel guilty afterwards. So, absolutely, hundred percent. So, uh, a month later, on July the eighth, a twenty-two-year-old woman was taken on Highgate West Hill and had her mouth taped shut. Uh, thankfully, when a neighbour phoned the police, the rapists would run away. When the girl was uh, confronted, she still had pieces of. Uh, comforted, sorry, she still had pieces of tape on her wrists, one of which would provide crucial evidence further down the line against Mr. Malkai. Sloppy. I mean, that's good. I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. It's good that he was sloppy, but that's very sloppy. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're criticising, yes, but not because we didn't want them to have not done it. <laughs> we just, yeah. we just wouldn't have. Uh, the two were detained three months later after being found at uh, Malkai's uh, Talbot Horizon with stolen construction uh, supplies. A black uh, balaclava was discovered in the vehicle, but the pair escaped with fines after Malkai told police uh, he used the mask when he was working as a plasterer on dusty ceilings. 
See, that's that's the trouble. That's that actually legit. a pretty yeah. A twenty-year-old German au pair was attacked on January the twenty-sixth, nineteen seventy-five, at Brent Cross um, Canal Bridge. She was bundled towards the neighbouring bridge with her scarf acting as a blindfold and a gag. The woman would say, uh, and I quote, the man without the knife sat down and undressed me. He was not rough, but he stripped me naked. Once fluent in English um, as sort of a a result of of her experience, the woman has refused to ever speak or read the language again or tell her husband of the events that happened. So sad. Extremely sad. Maybe ignorance on my part, but I didn't realize that like an experience could have that sort of effect. I mean, it sounds like that's how she's chosen to deal with it more than anything else. But yeah, that's really sad that she's, you know, just decided that a skill that probably took her a very, very, very long time to learn, she's just not going to use as a result of of that. It's just very upsetting. Absolutely. Uh, By January the 30th, the pair had returned to Hampstead Heap and had chosen a 16-year-old virgin as their next rape victim. Maokai was turning violent, according to Duffy, and he stopped the attack out of concern that his friend would actually go on to kill the little girl. Um, they tried again on February the 2nd with... What's that? Oh, sorry. I just said, wow, one of them oh, stopped okay. it. It's pretty, uh, pretty surprising. Yeah. Like, it must have been really bad for Duffy to be like, you know, considering everything that they've done previous up to this point, it must have got yeah. extremely bad. And even Duffy was like, yeah, I think this, this is, is a bit, bit too much. much, mate. Like, let's, yeah. let's, yeah, let's, let's stop. They tried again on February the 2nd, uh, this time with a French uh, au pair who was again grabbed near the heath. The incident was stopped uh, when she was able to actually yell and would, and was able to fight back. The following month, Duffy said that he had stopped an assault on a 23-year-old because he was once more concerned about Malkai's behavior while the victim was being carried to a complex of apartments close to the heath. So it sounds like um, it sounds like Malkai is starting to become just a little bit unhinged at this point. It seems like the violence is very much starting yeah. to ramp up now. Yeah, and it sounds like maybe Duffy is going to fall into the a trap that we see with a lot of like pairs of killers or pairs of criminals in that one of them takes things a bit too far and the other one is kind of forced to go along with it because otherwise how do they get out you know like you can't just go oh do you know what i don't fancy it tonight because you don't know what that person's going to do and you can't go to the police because then you incriminate yourself so you just have to kind of keep going you're sort of stuck aren't you in a between a rock and a hard place yeah a 25-year-old solicitor's clerk was chosen on March the 1st um, by Malkai and Duffy, who were desperate for another victim. And they raped her on a bench um, on the heath. Malkai was beginning to find the sexual excitement of the hunt to be insufficient by this point um, and was finding it increasingly difficult to become aroused, which may be factoring into the fact that even Duffy is having to stop attacks now because maybe the he's making up for the decreasing satisfaction sexually by going you know what i'm just going to kill you because i'm not getting anything from raping you at this point it's just a very common theme isn't it you yeah get sexual deviance 
and then it goes on to rape and then when rape either can't happen because they're impotent or whatever then suddenly killing is the only option like i'm pretty sure that happened with john wayne gacy like he stopped being able to get it up and that's when yeah. he started killing so you know it's it's not a hundred percent surprising, sadly. Yeah, like you say, it's very much a theme where there is sort of some sexual um, side to the killings, and then eventually that becomes insustainable or unsustainable because the thrill eventually just goes away, and then you know you're left with this where they and limp dick and blood the on your hands become more violent. A limp, yeah, a limp dick and blood on your hands. Um, the name of the next album, Drop In Sing. Which, which neither, of, neither of which is very good. I mean, that is that is definitely an album title, in it? Limp Dick and Blood On Your Hands. I love it. Going to have some hits. The debut the debut EP from Horror House, coming soon. I love it. Uh, working together as a team and supporting each other's behavior gave Duffy and Malkai the confidence they needed to go on their raping rampage didn't even realize i put some oh dear um uh, i could have picked any other words other than raping rampage because that sounds fucking horrendous one would perform the role of of lookout that won't be uh, an album out that won't be an album coming soon so yeah um one would perform the role of lookout while the other would do the raping the attackers were so brutal and merciless to their victims that they even flipped a coin to decide who would be the first one to do the raping. That is fucking sick. So, also a bit of a logistical nightmare because Malkai is like not able to get it up a lot of the time at the minute anyway. So what if he wins the coin toss and then he's, mm. you know, not prepared? Not that I'm saying that, oh, I'm just going to stop. It's fucking gross, isn't it? Like, it was horrible. It's so casual how they can just be like, oh, no, it's full. It's cool. Have you got a 10p? Like, yeah, yeah, I've got a 10p. It's like, cool, it's just just flip it and then we and then we'll decide just absolutely yeah. no empathy in the slightest you know and that's the sort of thing like you flip a coin to decide who gets to choose the movie tonight or who gets to decide yeah. what takeaway you're in what you don't do is who gets to sexually assault someone first yeah if you're in that situation <laughs> yeah thinking like... i wonder how we can decide this the answer isn't oh let's flip a coin the answer is stop doing what you're doing because it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, Duffy and Malkai would target particular regions in search of uh, victims as they began to feel invincible. They would frequently play uh, Michael Jackson's thriller while driving about to psych themselves up after breaking into a car and stealing it. As much as I hate to say it, I respect that song choice. I don't respect anything else in that bullet point, but the song is a strong choice. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, it is. It's a good song. I'm not sure if it's a song that would pump me up necessarily, but it's a good song. It's just not for that purpose. Yeah. And the the song that's like gonna get you going is apparently sung by a mentally <laughs> disturbed pedo. Well, no, I'm not gonna get into the Michael Jackson thing, but okay, like, right, it's just cool. a weird choice of song. No. That's all I'm saying. Cool. So. Uh, Amy's Instagram handle is at Puggleborn. Um, any Michael Jackson stands? Fuck's sake, go, no. That's her. <laughs> I love Michael Jackson's music. I don't respect it. Michael yeah. Jackson as a man. There you go. That's my stance on it. He's a fucking amazing singer, incredible talent, but I have a feeling he touched kids. 
and therefore I'm perfectly within my rights to not like him as a man but enjoy his music. Fair. There you go. Fair. Leave it in. No, don't leave it fair. in. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I like Elvis and I'm pretty sure he was a fucking nonce, so... Mm. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got their thing, right? You know, Marilyn Manson is potentially a wife beater and I still like his music, so... Yeah. Um, Dr. Jenny Cutler, a prison psychologist, thought that some aspects of the pair's collaboration and violence served to uh, perpetuate their addiction. Quote, they both found offending very exciting. Rape uh, took that to another level. The hunt, the working as a team, having contingencies for how they were going to operate and the outwitting of the police all contributed to the excitement. Uh, Dr. Cutler, who would uh, later serve as Duffy's psychotherapist, explained how the deranged duo first began to consider assaulting women. Quote, John Duffy's wife was away one weekend. They discussed details such as disorientating the victim and holding hostage for an entire weekend. Another psychologist compared the behavior of Duffy and Malkai to two teenage men going out on the pool. The unsettling fact is that by cooperating and feeding off of each other's cruel emotions, they were able to convince themselves that what they were doing was entirely trivial. Not sure how I feel about comparing them to two teenage men going out on the pool. Not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, I think two teenage men going out on the pool is an indicator that they might not succeed because, you know, you you shoot your shot and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. You go home, you have a wank and you move on with your life. But these guys aren't doing, they're going out and taking what they feel like they need. And that is not, it's not the same. That's that's trivializing, basically. Yeah. I I think I'd safely say two teenage men going out on the pool aren't going out on the pool with the sole intention to rape someone. They're going out on the pool to try and, I don't know, maybe have a one night stand if if that's on the cards or at least get someone's number, you know, you know, something like that. I don't think they're going out on the sole intention just to rape someone. No. I mean, I think most people in that situation, if you're really that desperate to get laid or whatever, then you go out on the pool again. You do your best in college try. You use your best riz and, you know, buy a girl a drink. And if it doesn't work, then get a hooker. Like, I don't know, go to the strip club and buy yourself a dance yeah. or, like, <laughs> just hire a prostitute. Don't just think, oh, well, you know what? No one's giving me, so I'm just going to fake it. Like, that's, I think that's where yeah. the, the psycho bit comes in. Yeah. If if OnlyFans was around in the eighties, I'd just like just go home, sub to some OnlyFans and have the time of your life, like go crazy. Browse the catalog. Just don't go and browse the catalog. Treat yourself to tier three. <laughs> like uh, like an. Argos I assume catalog. OnlyFans has a catalog. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I've not done as much research into it as apparently people on Instagram would have liked me to. But um, yeah, there must be some sort of catalog, surely. I I don't think so. I think it's just like you subscribe. And sometimes they keep stuff behind a paywall or you subscribe and you see everything. You pretending you don't know. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. <laughs> hey. I'm maybe I'm just ass- maybe I'm just assuming. Maybe I'm just girl's, assuming. Girls got to pay rent, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that I've subbed to a few only fans in my day. And do you really need to say it is the real question. <laughs> <laughs> um 
So due to a shared sense of invulnerability, I still didn't say that right, um, in what can be considered a twisted codependent relationship, the violence that resulted from raping as a pair would increase. Uh, Dr. Cutler identified two separate motives for attacking women in the two. Quotes, they had different reasons for committing rape. Duffy was aroused by the, by the idea of rape, while Malkai, um, Malkai's was violence. It was Malkai's unso- unsated urges which led the pair to eventually go from raping to killing. And on that note, let's take a quick little break, shall we? What do you think, Amy? Yes, please. I'd like a break. Sorry, I sound so dejected, <laughs> I know. But it's just, it's just you know, the human condition is very upsetting, so... I'd like to take a quick break to get my head around it. Absolutely understandable. Cool. So we shall see you back here in just a few moments. Hello, Twisted Humans. Do you find yourself wanting to know more about the latest murder, conspiracy, cults, or haunting? Then this is the podcast for you. We're bringing the most intense stories that'll keep you up at night. He was found guilty of voluntary manslaughter and felonious assault, but... He was only sentenced to five months of probation, and this would be the last time that anyone ever saw Fiona. Uh, there are allegedly two women who also drowned in a first-class pool. Was this the same glowing green that they'd seen in the darkness the night before? He had refused to sit near the wagon cloth because of stains on it, which were most likely blood. Join us every Tuesday for a glass of wine or sangria and a dose of true crime. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is Twisted Twisted and and Uncorked. What do you get when you mix someone who loves true crime and horror movies with someone who's afraid of their own shadow? Someone like you? Yeah. I'm glad you asked. You get the perfect podcast. We're Carmen and Joanna of Live Laugh Murder Podcast. We're not your typical true crime show. Here at Live Laugh Murder, we tell stories that might be true crime or they might be the plot of a horror film. Can you tell the difference? Don't worry though, because all is revealed by the end. We are true crime sometimes. So check us out. We release bi-weekly on Saturdays. And remember to live, laugh, but never what, Joanna? Murder. Never murder. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Welcome back um, to the second part of um, today's episode. So that first part was just a little bit one-way street. This next part is is going to go in a different direction, and we're going to get a little bit murdery um, in this in this here section. Amy, how are you feeling? Are you ready to to crack on? Um, is anyone ever really ready for anything? Mm. That's my question. That, that is a fair point. But in in the context of this episode, in this moment, in my dining room next to my washing machine, not my washing machine, my washing, yes, I think I'm ready to hear about some murder. Wonderful. I'd say wonderful. It's not, is it? Wonderful. I'm so glad you're ready to be murdered. Excellent news. Oh, dear. Excellent news. Best news I've heard all day. Um, Cool. So for their first murder they would choose Alison Day, who was scheduled to see her fiancé at his printing business in Hackney Wick four days after Christmas in 1985. The 19-year-old victim was kidnapped at Hackney Wick railway station and taken to uh, neighbouring playing fields, which were blanketed in snow. After 
Um, of course, being raped by both men, Alison attempted to flee, but either fell into a feeder canal or was pushed into there by Malkai. I'm going to go with the latter on that one. Yeah, Funny that. feeling, might be Malkai that pushed her. Duffy yeah, I wonder claims, why. I wonder why um, I feel that way. <laughs> right? Malkai wouldn't push someone into a canal. He's such Not a good all. boy. Such a good boy. Heart of gold. Absolute angel. <laughs> Which is probably something that like, his mum would still say. I swear, like, and this is a bit of a tangent, but I swear, like, the parent of a serial killer, like, they could, like, chop someone's head off with a weed whacker and the parent would still be like, he wouldn't hurt a fly, not my boy. He's innocent. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, didn't Ted Bundy's mum go into the court and, like, try and get him a lesser sentence by being a character witness? <laughs> she was like, oh, this yeah. is such a good boy. He's, he's a good boy. He's a good father. He's a good husband. He's such a nice... <laughs> right. Tried to, like, save him from the electric chair and, and the judge was just like, fuck it all. Nah. So uh, Duffy claimed he pulled her out um, of the feeder canal. And Malkai was so excited by the incident, he decided to rape her again uh, and then tore off a piece of her blouse, which in turn he would use to throttle her. What kind of person do you have to be to get excited about someone getting pulled out of a feeder canal that you probably pushed them into? So then that's like, oh, no, no I'm going to rape her again. What the fuck? Who does that? I mean, I mean if he nothing does, else, still. surely she's just all dirty now. Like, she's fallen into a canal. It's not the cleanest of places, is it? She's all wet and covered in you no. know, canal gunk. Does that get going? No. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. I mean, I don't even want to. Yeah, I don't want to find out what gets David Malkai horny and, and, you know, gets his engine revved up, to be perfectly honest. Right, Probably either. some Thriller, apparently. Good old thriller. You know, that's that's the sexy time go-to for, for Malkai. Fucking put on some Thriller. Thriller and Canal Gunk. Um, Album number two. <laughs> it is only his moustache I've seen. I won't tell anyone, please don't hurt me, um, the girl was saying. Duffy would uh, recall. Duffy would also say, um, I was watching David and the girl. The next thing I noticed was he was putting some material around her neck and starting to twist it. Later, um, Malkai admitted to his partner that he had uh, slain Allison out of fear that she may recognize them. However, according to Duffy, David actually, of, of course, genuinely liked it since it gave him authority to, to decide between life and death. Uh, quote, I remember him going on. It is godlike having the decision over life and death. This man's got a god complex also. Good, so good it was stuff. only a matter of time good, good. before one of these fuckers had a god complex. <laughs> no one's ever got a doctor complex. Yes. Do you no. know what I mean? Like, no. it's always it's a god always complex. A god. No one's ever like, do you know what? Doctors have the power over life or death as well, but no one's ever like, oh, I feel like a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Poor doctors. Not, not getting any, any love. Further proof that religion poisons everything. God, I'm really on one today. Apologize if I send in anyone this episode. You are going to get so many, do you? I'm, I'm going to get concerned. Yeah, I'm get getting cancelled. reported. I'm determined <laughs> to get myself cancelled. Well, it was a good run. Um, if you would like to be the new co-host of Horror House, please. Um... Sorry, I, I obviously, if you're religious, that's entirely all right. I don't judge you in the slightest. Just personal opinion. The views reflected here are entirely my own and do not reflect those of the podcast. That was very professional. I like it. 
So, I mean, I'm not religious either. So it's not like I'm the Christian of the show. Um, but yes, all opinions are our own. Um, if you are religious, more power to you. Alison's uh, sheepskin coat was weighed down with stones and she was hurled back into the water. Seven days late, uh, 17 days later, she was discovered, bound, gagged, and with her hands tied behind her back. Marty Tamboza? Yeah. Love it. Let's go Love with that. It. Marty Tamboza, um, a 15-year-old Dutch teenager, uh, was knocked off her bicycle on April the 17th, 1986 using a fishing line, a technique Duffy had learned from one of his favorite books, The Anarchist's Cookbook. The teenager was marched across the fields between Effingham and East um, Horsley in Surrey and raped by Duffy, who claimed Malkai suddenly lost his temper, which at this point I think was inevitable. I'm surprised that hadn't happened sooner. Uh, I mean, it probably did happen sooner, but Duffy might have been able to stop it before it went too far. Uh, Duffy would later recall, quote, he was becoming very aggressive, hyper, shouting at the girl. He then raised his fists and hit the girl. She crumpled to the floor. She was struck on the head at the side. Um, it was a swinging blow. I noticed he had a rock in his hand or a stone. She just crumpled up and fell on the floor. I believe she was unconscious. Duffy said, uh, Maokai then ripped off Ma." Marty's belt and looped it around her throat, um, telling him, quote, I did the last one, you'll do this one. He passed me the belt. It had a piece of stick through it, which was twisted, and he gave it to me in my hand. I actually started twisting it while David turned away. I think I just got caught up in it. It was very difficult to explain. I just continued twisting until she was dead. According to Duffy, they both left the area, but Maokai would later return um, to, uh, to set the body on fire while inserting flaming tissues into her vagina in an effort to obliterate any forensic evidence. That train well, came into the station sentence, a little bit. Yeah, that train arrived a little bit um, too quickly for me as well. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Oh, that is, that is I, just a lot. It's, it's too much. I don't know what to say. Happened to... <laughs> like, I, I really don't. I'm getting really like fidgety in my seat because i'm a little uncomfortable now so i'm just like just cringing that with me before we move on sorry <laughs> maybe i should no it's fine about this it's... One. no i mean i'm kidding like obviously they were gonna have to deal with her somehow but i just wasn't expecting it to be that extreme that quickly but yeah i mean yeah. i feel like you're potentially getting payback for the he fucked his sister in last week's episode but i just threw that one at you and now you're <laughs> throwing this at me it's just a constant battle of Maybe. who can shock the other more. <laughs> but yeah, that was a that was a bit of a chump. I'm not going to lie. Um, that was not to sixty without that, my seatbelt on. Yeah, that was. In the words of Ron Burgundy, boy, that escalated quickly. Yes, and in the words of Rick Tamworth, Fuck I love him. land. I love I love that film. But I, I, let's um, <laughs> let's. I'm going to watch it after this to help me get over the trauma. (laughs) On May the 18th, 1986, when she was getting off a train at Brookman's Park, Hertfordshire, the pair's final victim, 29-year-old newlywed TV secretary Anne Locke, was attacked. Um, When the pair spotted her bicycle in the station's shed, they hid in the bushes and waited until she returned. Uh, Six weeks later, in a field, the body of Anne, 
who had been sexually assaulted and strangled would be found. With the third murder, Operation Trinity, the first joint police investigation into a murder since the poorly run Yorkshire Ripper investigation began. And if you've seen the Netflix documentary about the Yorkshire Ripper, you will know just exactly how haphazard that police investigation was, because that was oof. There's a saying, isn't there, that two Due heads are better than the... one? And in the case of the UK police, that's just never the case. <laughs> it's really not. It's probably, it, it just makes it worse. Joint investigations just in the UK, you're better off just doing it on your own because if, if you not try a joint investigation, it just, it just doesn't work. So due to his wife's prior accusations of rape, uh, Duffy was listed as a potential suspect on the police database. After having been interrogated by the police and claiming he couldn't remember anything about his movements due to having been mugged and beaten, Duffy was released. Um, he would admit himself to the hospital, stating that he had been mugged and was experiencing amnesia, um, which obviously was just a strategy to avoid further questioning or making a court's appearance. Duffy wasn't aware that he was being watched by the police at the time. He engaged in a cat and mouse game with the police once he realized they were following him. He would flee um, when they least expected it. But his worst error was continuing to assault women on his own without Maokai because of overwhelming sexual cravings and a sense of invincibility. He was picked up as he stalked a woman in a peaceful park with the aim to rape her. Only 36 hours remained for the police to gather tangible proof to show um, to a magistrate in order to detain him. Why, why are a criminal so good at getting themselves caught? Why, like, they have a spectacular talent for getting I mean, I don't caught. know if that's necessarily the case. I think if you're a truly good criminal, you don't get caught and we don't know about you. Okay, why do the <laughs> bad criminals just have such a spectacular talent for getting themselves caught? It's when they seem shocked idiot. about it. It's when they're, like, yeah, up a fuss. Yeah. Like, you've got people like um, Dennis Nielsen. He's a great example. Because they found human remains in his drains and all it took for him to crack yeah. and get the ghost was for some police officer to walk into his flat and go, where's the rest of the bodies? And he was like, yeah, all right, here you go. One in the cupboard, whatever. And then yeah. he just told them everything. Like he didn't you know, try to make up anything. He didn't try to, you know, play dumb. He was just like, all right, fair cop, you've, you've caught me and here's the info. Yeah. So um, when Duffy's wife was brought in for questioning, she would anxiously describe how she would return home to discover her husband viewing violent martial arts films to the investigating um, officers. On its own, martial arts films, watching them isn't a particular issue. However, this next bit is a bit of an issue because she would go on to detail how he tied her up and forced her to have sex which is more suggestive of his sexual behaviours. Okay. Yeah. A little, little, um, little, little worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, martial arts films is one thing. Tying someone up and forcing them to have sex is very much another. And arguably nothing to do with martial arts. So there's that. No, <laughs> absolutely not. More startlingly, she disclosed in the interview that Duffy had once claimed he'd raped a girl, um, telling his disbelieving right wife, quote, I raped a girl tonight and it was your fault. Um, that's not quite how that works because generally the person who rapes the person is is at fault. I don't oh, see well, how that's his wife's fault. Yeah. I mean, that's not 
I'm sure that's going to affect his wife for the rest of her life. You know, feeling like she's responsible yeah. for a rape. What a lovely man. Yeah. Oh. What a cunt. Sorry, mum. But I think it's deserved. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't. Wait, what's oh, his logic for why it was her fault? What was she not putting out? Uh, probably. No excuse. Go and have a wank. Like, don't go and fucking rape um, someone, then blame your missus because she doesn't want to have sex with you. Do the five finger shuffle and resent her like the rest of us do. It's easy. <laughs> it's what good marriages oh, are based on. Dearie me. Wanking and resentment. Album number three. Wanking You're welcome. <laughs> Man, we've got some material coming up for these albums. My lord. Um, so uh, Duffy acted arrogantly confident that he would be released from jail within hours while being questioned by the police. One vivid memory that terrified um, victims, that the terrified victims had of him was his manic laser glare, which some of them could not stand to see his face. Sorry, which some of them could not stand to see in a face-to-face ID parade. Despite many people being unable to recognize him, five uh, girls was, would be able to recognize him. With the walls closing in on him, uh, Duffy would stay mute about his co-conspirator in the rape and murders, um, of course, David Malkai, who was still at large and had, uh, had by this point um, retired from a life of crime and rape and murder um, and was living a regular family life. Yes, David has retired Blimey. from raping and murdering people and is now a uh, stay-at-home husband. It? That's not, not something we say very often on here, that, that they, you know, stop. I'm not sure how much I, how much stock I put into that, but uh, that's what Duffy said, apparently. Anyway, so despite the overwhelming evidence against Duffy in five rape cases and the murder of Tamboza, uh, the other two killings, uh, those of Alison Day and Anne Locke, were more challenging to prove because, uh, unfortunately, there was absolutely no forensic evidence. Uh, despite this, John Duffy was found guilty of four rapes, the deaths of Alison Day, and uh, Marty Tamboza, but not of the murder of Anne Locke at his trial in February 1988. Uh, The judge suggested that he serve at least 30 years, um, though this would be extended to a whole life uh, sentence. Duffy made no mention of having an accomplice, despite being aware that he was unlikely to be granted parole before serving his three-decade sentence. Um, Malkai, of course, was still free to commit more rapes and more murders, despite apparently retiring to a family life. Um, Duffy would remain silent about his close friend and fellow accomplices' involvement in the savage rapes and killings that occurred in the 1980s for almost 10 years while he was incarcerated at Whitemore. Malkai would uh, stop or supposedly stop abusing women not long after Duffy was detained and imprisoned, um, maybe because, you know, if he did, Stop abusing them. He needed Duffy to provide him with the support. In nineteen ninety, two man job, and he's not got his second man. So yeah, they would act as you know, sort of lookouts, wouldn't they? So he would need Duffy to you know to to be the lookout, which is obviously a very unfortunate thing to think about. In nineteen ninety seven, during a meeting with Dr. Jenny Cutler, Duffy finally disclosed the fact that he had been keeping a secret owing to a schoolyard agreement made more than 20 years earlier. Um, Remember at the start when I was like, that pact that they made to never grasp on each other aged really, really well. Yeah, this is where that pact sort of falls apart. 
a little bit. Just a smidge, just a smidge. The psychologist treating Duffy for his recurrent nightmares wasn't ready for the casual admission that he hadn't carried out the attacks alone. Dr. Cutler innocently uh, innocently asked which prison the accomplice was being held in when Duffy dropped the bombshell that his co-rapist and murderer had never been detained or found guilty. Duffy is just throwing his friend under the bus. Goddamn. I mean, can't say I blame him. Oh, no. Been in prison a long time at this point. Yeah, like, I'm happy that, I mean, part of me is happy that he finally did decide to, you know, talk about Malkai and say that it wasn't him that worked alone. It's just unfortunate that it took nearly a decade for that to happen. Yeah. After nine years in prison, during which Duffy had not seen or heard from Malkai since the day of his arrest, the childhood friendship that had developed between the two in the late 1970s had finally come to a very swift, very abrupt end. In 1997, evidence pertaining to the two killers' past crimes could be examined because, because of the advancement, advancements in forensic science and DNA technology. On February the 2nd, 2001, David Malkai was finally found guilty at the Old Bailey of five rapes, five attempted rapes, and three murders. And he was given three life sentences. Fuck you, David Maokai. Now 2001 as well. That's not really not that long ago. Yeah. No, it's not. It's quite scary how relatively recent that actually is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, great. It's great that he's finally been put away and is where he belongs. But it's mental that it took Duffy that long to actually, you know, get up the goods. Yeah. Especially if he's not even yeah. in contact with him. Um, Do you know what I mean? Like, he went to prison and just completely severed contact with yeah. this man. Like, surely you would want to make his stay in prison as comfortable as possible. You'd want to, like, communicate with him. You'd want to make sure that he hadn't told them anything. But instead, he's just completely ghosted him. That seems like such a weird, a weird way of doing things. Yeah. I suppose better late than never, I guess. <laughs> you well, know, it would have yeah, been nicer if he did it 10 years prior. But Yeah. As a reward for this new information, Duffy was given an additional 12 years on his current sentence. Oh, there's why he didn't say. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Can you imagine Duffy? He's been like, yeah, you're you're so never getting out. I, 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 hope, <laughs> I hope to, to get Malkai. Like, about, is this going to be a reduction? In, I, they're like, no, nah, I'm going to give you another 12 years, mate. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah. Like, oh, you've got three life sentences. You're never getting out. But here's another 12 years just to... Just to really make sure, you know, I really want you to think about what you've done. (laughs) Um, A jury could not be persuaded by the psychopathic father of four, um, this being Malkai, who had (laughs) rather shockingly cockily uh, maintained his innocence in court and claimed that Duffy was falsely accusing him and that he was a victim of circumstance and retaliation. Mm, (laughs) Not sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the audacity how dare you the audacity that's mental of this man <laughs> right i'm a victim God. of circumstance i'm a victim of circumstance and retaliation no 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 you're not no. and you know what your Sigmund <laughs> proves it so yeah do you yeah, want to rethink exactly. that the audacity of this caucasity is just mind-blowing it's a travesty it is. Oh, that was a that was some some good rhyming rhythm. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm telling you, the album's dropping soon. 
due to the police's persistence of what Do uh, Dr. Cutler considered to be a shift in Dutty's demeanor, um, Malkai's days of freedom after committing numerous rapes, attempted rapes, and three gruesome murders had eventually come to an end. Quote, uh, he seemed to want to get it off his conscience and also make sure that Malkai couldn't commit further killings. Uh, he got in touch with a more empathetic side to him. And that's the case of Malkai and Duffy. I know <sighs> we both, when we both ask like what we think, we don't really know what to say. But how did you find We do it every that? episode. What do you think? I don't fucking know. Don't like, think. this is nothing. I've got any sort of experience. <laughs> I don't understand the mental psyche of these people, so I've got absolutely no clue what I think. All I know is that I'm confused. I do not appreciate the state of the world, and I just—I <laughs> I think I need a. That's what I got for you. No, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> I've been doing this since 2021, late 2021, and like, just I can't wrap my head around the human condition in the minds of people. I still can't. I'm still like, I can't wrap my heads around these people. I, d I just don't know. No, I just don't. I don't know what goes on. No, I don't get it. But scum, I think is, you know, my overall summary of these two. It's, yes. I think it applies nicely. Yes. You know, we've covered some, you know, pretty horrendous people. And these guys, you know, did so much damage um, to so many people's lives. Um, yeah. You know, the French woman is a perfect or the german woman sorry is a perfect example of that yeah it's it's just the wider room isn't it people would say oh she's lucky to have gotten away with it actually her life was ruined after that. and yes she's lucky to be alive and yes obviously that's what you would wish for people but having to some live with what isn't an easy thing either no not at all not at all but yes that was today's case uh, that's back to back pretty horrendous pretty horrendous cases we will give you a palate cleanser soon we're nice like that um maybe but we'll amy see how we go. <laughs> you know check back in a few months and you'll you'll have uh, a relatively <laughs> relatively less mentally jarring episode amy would you like to see us out for this week i would love to thank you for listening thank you for joining us if you want to give us a little bit of support please please do whether that be financial or non-financial um if you want to chuck us a bit of money feel free to visit the merch store get yourself some fresh new thread hit the buy me a coffee link send us some money for some coffee which we desperately need because you know we're very tired and i'm gonna apparently not sleep tonight so i'll need it tomorrow when i am through my working day please do feel free to support us if you can't do that well in fact if you can do that do it anyway Leave a review, give us a rating, use the Q&A section in Spotify. We want to hear your thoughts on the episodes and recommendations for future episodes. What would you like as a palate cleanser? What, what would be a good case for us to cover that isn't going to give us all sleepless nights? Please do let us know. But thank you once again for listening. Um, and we look forward to hearing you again next time. Seeing you. Not hearing you Wonderful. Too. We just look forward to you, really. <laughs> yes, we do. We look forward to you. Yeah. Uh, to, to echo uh, what Amy said thank you for listening um, and until next time as always stay spooky spooky
Dumbledore. Snape. 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 Snape.